Yo, welcome to Simple Bitcoin Live. We are your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover breaking news, culture, magic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Uh, it's not going to be one of those episodes today. We're going to talk about Vanguard. Uh, Vanguard announced this morning they are buying 10% of Riot. Um, and the mining stocks right now are kind of functioning as, I can't say that, uh, but they are sure uh, following the Bitcoin price more so than their actual valuations. The Bitcoin price is up uh, 100% or roughly 100% this year, but the hash price is is only up 12% this year. So just interesting. Uh, but once again, you have uh, huge institutions uh, wanting to get exposure to Bitcoin. It's obviously it's not direct exposure. It's indirect exposure, but it's still exposure nonetheless. So apps, I mean, bittersweet. Obviously, I think that this will have a positive effect on the price. Um, and there's also a very high probability that the BlackRock ETF will get approved. We have a video uh, for, for, for you guys today that we're going to play. Uh, and I can't believe this is, you know, this is happening as fast as it's happening. Uh, I always go back to this, but back in 2018, one of the main uh, narratives uh, to cope <laughs> while the price of Bitcoin was falling from the all-time high. I think it was like around 20K in 2017, December of 2017. And in, 28, in 2018, the one of the coping narratives was the institutions are coming and, you know, that's going to make the price go up once again. Well, I think the institutions are here. And uh, I released a vertical video on my uh, on my profile this morning. And uh, I think what's going to be different about this cycle, and I'm really excited about it, is on the nation state level, Naim Bukele is going to be vindicated. And on the public company front, Michael Saylor is going to be vindicated. Michael Saylor is roughly around break even. His average price of Bitcoin is around 29000 So he's actually up on his Bitcoin investment. But... Ne around next cycle, where we start making those all-time highs. Historically speaking, if if Bitcoin sticks to what it, what it has been doing since uh, since its birth, uh, usually the price tends to moon and peak out about a year, roughly year to nine months after the halving, so roughly 2025. Um, and then at that point, it will be undeniable from a uh, from a public company front that uh, Bitcoin not only is is it a viable alternative to holding uh, fiat on their balance sheet, but in my opinion, and I think you know the numbers will speak for themselves, it, it's actually a better alternative than holding fiat. And on the nation state level, I think the same thing is going to be proven. And there's no amount of propaganda spin or misrepresentations that the legacy corporate media will be able to throw at either Naim Bukele, El Salvador, or Michael Saylor that, you know, will tell a different story. So I'm very, very excited for this. Uh, I think, you know, the saying from the Bitcoiners is it's, you know, it happens very slowly at first and then it happens all at once. I think we're very quickly approaching the all at once phase. Uh, so it's very, very exciting. And uh, while all this is happening, I suspect, you know, the, the establishment players the institutions, the governments that benefit from being able to make money for free at no cost to them that everyone else has to work for, I think they're going to fight tooth and nail uh, in order to maintain that privilege. But you cannot beat Bitcoin's incentives. I think Bitcoin's incentives will keep winning the day. And a good example of that is what's happening in China, right? Where we know that the CCP is using uh, Hong Kong as kind of like this test bed to uh, benefit from you know NGU technology and NGU companies. And of course, the mainland, they still are, you know, they're still implementing the uh, social credit system slash central bank digital currency systems. So even a totalitarian regime like the CCP cannot resist uh, Bitcoin's incentives. Hong Kong would not have been able to do this without Beijing's stamp of approval. So overall, very exciting. We're going to talk about Vanguard today. We're going to talk about BlackRock. We're going to talk about Fidelity. We're also, we also have a very good video for you guys as well to react to. But before we start the show, I want to bring up my legendary co-host, always optimistic, wakes up with a giant smile on his face did you wake up with a smile on your face when you were dating Chrissy or was it like was was it like a was it a frown 
Well, I had to fake it, you know, I had to, I had to make it, make it seem like I was happy being with her, but you know, I, I was just trying to get close to that money printer. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. the sacrifices I had to make. It didn't work out. So I had to kick her to the curve, but Hey, that's, that's enough of Chrissy. Why you bring her up all the time, bro? My heart is broke. No, I'm just broken. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but man, Hey, very interesting. Um, as a Bitcoiner that's been around for a cycle or two, I think it's pretty funny that now we are in the midst of the institutional money coming in and as someone that is more of a grassroots bitcoiner um it's the necessary evil we knew they were going to come pump our bags and uh as, as american hodl said you just got to make it through that hodl buyout zone because they want your bitcoin and it's becoming more and more clear that they are trying to get as much exposure as possible but you know uh, just pack your bags because rocket ship, get on board. And uh, I really do believe we're in the beginning of a bull market. So we might go, we might crab market for a little bit, but I think the next, uh, the next year going into the having and the following year, you're going to be very happy. You've been stacking, but uh, anyways, that's too much bullishness on the beginning of the wait, show. Wait, wait, wait. Let's throw in some, some, it's some Tuesday speculation. You said we're going to crab a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I think we're crabbing. And I'm not right. the only one that thinks we're crabbing. By crab market, we mean it's probably going to go sideways. It's going to go in a little range, we, go sideways. Do you think we peaked for twenty for 2023? No, no. I just think uh, if, you know, the saying history repeats or history rhymes, it doesn't repeat. I think we're probably going to go sideways uh, throughout summer and then maybe around like, uh, you know, September, October, we'll start to rise a little bit. But I, I think we're going to go into like the higher 30Ks by the end of the year. Uh, I, I, I mean, I mean, I think we're going to go higher by like December if, if things start to really rhyme from the past. I think uh, going into the holiday season, we should see some some movement. But until then, I don't know. I'm still I still have PTSD, and I think that we're going to have like one more leg down. So I'm just like, oh man, please no. Just like sideways is better than down. So what you're but, trying to say is you have no idea what's going to happen. I, hey, hey, and you uh, can just it could potentially go up, but it could also potentially go down. And so. that's why we say <laughs> stay humble, stack stats, and to add Vikingo's words, stay solvent, stay solvent as well, my friends. Anyways, before we start the show, I want to bring up our awesome guest how you doing skidoo i am awesome man happy to be here happy happy to be here happy to have yeah. you on the show my friend uh welcome you, to simply bitcoin what are we going to talk about during the culture segment opti uh, we're going to do some more rabbit hole stories. I know Skidoo comes in on Twitter spaces all the time, and we talk about Bitcoin, how Bitcoin changes life. And so we're going to do a little bit more of that because people really enjoy the rabbit hole stories and uh, winning the hearts and minds of the masses out there, Nico. So we're going we're gonna to get relatable on today's show. Yeah, it looks like Christy's in the chat <laughs> and uh, Christy's saying, I'm crabbing Opti. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. This is a family friendly show, Nico. Uh, Elaine, Elaine what, what, what are you trying to imply? I love what crabs. Are crabs are delicious. I sell crabs. Anyways. Eat sea bugs. Eat these sea uh, bugs, Elaine, Nico. Elaine says crabs like to stack. Uh, yeah, crabs are delicious, especially stone crabs. They're, they're very, very delicious. Anyways, everybody, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the numbers. We got a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. The Bitcoin Numbers. Brought to you by Noddle. At this point, you should be running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't use your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. And if you're a digital nomad, you have absolutely no excuse because now you can run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu today. All right, guys, I want to tell you about the biggest Bitcoin conference on the face of the earth, Bitcoin 2024. It's not going to be in Miami this year. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, the year of the having July 25th through the 27th, 2024. And you can take advantage of the early bird ticket specials for a GA ticket. It's only $299 for an industry pass. It's only $749 for a whale pass. It's $4,499. And atop, uh, on top of these already discounted ticket rates you can use the promo code simply to get a 10 percent discount to the largest bitcoin conference on the face of the earth the largest bitcoin celebration bitcoin 2024 at the time of recording the bitcoin price is thirty thousand five hundred and twenty five sats per dollar three thousand two hundred seventy five block height seven hundred ninety eight thousand two hundred eighty three blocks to having forty one thousand seven hundred seventeen having estimates april 19 2024 total lightning 
network capacity 5,452, capacity value 166 million US dollars, realized monetary inflation 1.76%, the market capitalization of Bitcoin 593 billion dollars with the B, Bitcoin versus gold market cap roughly 4.62%, and that number is going to keep going up. Uh, hopefully, it passes that 100% mark. That would that would uh, get Bitcoin at roughly 500k per coin if it reaches uh, gold's market cap, which I think it inevitably will. I don't think it's a question of if. I think it's a question of when. And my favorite stat out of everything is the realized monetary inflation rate that is designed to go down forever, continuing to embarrass all fiat currencies. Anyways, I have a clip for you guys. Michael Saylor uh, tweeted something. I think you know he's basically he basically tweeted what we, what we've all been thinking is that obviously Wall Street is coming to Bitcoin now. From a Bitcoiner's perspective, and what Caitlin Long has been warning for a long time is when Wall Street comes to Bitcoin. You have the dangers of rehypothecation. You have the dangers of paper Bitcoin. Basically, Bitcoin that's being sold that doesn't actually exist. Uh, you know, with the spot ETF, technically people will be able to take self-custody of that said Bitcoin. But as a paranoid Bitcoiner that has been here, it's going to be my eighth year uh, in two or three months. Um, I am so jaded and so scarred from everything that I've been through holding Bitcoin that I will believe it when I see it. And especially from, you know, this large corporation that supported the whole ESG thing. Uh, forgive me if I am skeptical or forgive me if I am paranoid uh, when I hear that Wall Street is coming to Bitcoin. So anyways, I think this is very bullish. Uh, this is the this is a former SEC chairman and he had some thoughts. Uh, let's play the video and then we'll discuss it. Let's check it out. Can they say no to a spot ETF? Well, For how much longer? Well, it goes to that issue. I think that when the SEC approved the futures-based ETF, they said, let's look at the futures market we see the surveillance, we see, we see the protections in that market for the end investor that are sufficient. We don't see them in the spot market, so we're going to make that distinction. I think what the institutions are arguing is that those, those distinctions have gone away, and now the spot product is actually less drag, more efficient for the investor. So if there's not that delta in regulation, not that delta in what I could say efficacy, the spot should be approved. That's the, that's the argument when? that's going on right now. Look, the, 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 the regulatory process, whether, it doesn't matter. It's been a while already. It, it's been a while already. What, what I would say is this, if they're right, that you can demonstrate that the spot market has similar efficacy to the futures market, you know, it's, it would be hard to resist approving a Bitcoin ETF. So a lot of ifs, uh, you know, but that is significant because as the former head of the SEC saying basically, you know, you know, I, he doesn't see a reason as to why this isn't going to be approved, uh, you know, and, and again, um, what I find interesting as well is um, the the arguments. Right. So and also the change in tone. Um, it was very quick, like they were very quick to shut down all the ETF uh, admissions um, it, it, uh, when they weren't coming from BlackRock. As soon as BlackRock, uh, you know, got into the fold as one of the largest asset managers in the world, uh, you know, the, the change in tune was significant, right? You're having these mainstream appearance, mainstream media, forgive me when I say that corporate, corporate legacy media appearances by the former SEC head. Uh, you, at one point you had, um, uh, anchors from CNNBC using Bitcoin maxi talking points to protect Bitcoin. You're also seeing a change in tune from the legacy corporate media, basically saying that now all of a sudden Bitcoin is actually ESG friendly. Um, so it's just funny that all of these things happen coincidentally around the same time that the, you know, that BlackRock filed uh, for an ETF. And then I think that, you know, it wasn't only BlackRock because you have to connect the dots, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's not just an isolated, uh, isolated thing, right? You have some of the largest banks in uh, Spain and Germany, uh, specifically Deutsche Bank, or um, filed to filed for a license in order to custody Bitcoin. 
We had uh, we had Fidelity also filed for a spot ETF. And now today's breaking news, we have Vanguard, which is the second largest asset manager in the world, uh, basically bought 10% of Riot, which is one of the largest Bitcoin, publicly traded Bitcoin mining companies in the world, right? So again, all of this is happening at once. And it tells me that, you know, the institutions are here. The, the, fi- the 2018 narrative is finally starting to come true. Uh, and I think we're starting to see it. And what's really, really exciting is that all this is happening uh, during the year after the bear market year, uh, kind of, you know, in the in the warm up phase heading into the next uh, the next cycle peak, which we, I said in the very beginning of the show is roughly around uh, nine months to a year after the having if. Bitcoin continues to follow its historical patterns, and that's a big if, you know, that is not a guarantee. So I don't know, I I think from a price perspective, I'm very excited, Uh, but from a paranoid Bitcoin perspective, I'm very skeptical. I think, uh, you know, really the revolution is only gonna be successful if people take self-custody. This is now your opportunity as, you know, an everyday person or maybe you're a whale who's watching the show. Uh, this is your opportunity to uh, to front run these institutions that are clearly signaling that they are interested in Bitcoin and they're pushing hard to do so. And these are institutions that have a tremendous amount of of uh, political influence. So uh, I, you know, again, like I, I think that they can only resist for so long. What was really interesting was uh, how the SEC replied to the black, the initial BlackRock filing. Right? Normally, they would kind of slow walk everybody, and then they would eventually just deny it outright. Uh, with BlackRock, they were very quick to respond and say, "Hey, guys." This looks looks pretty good, but you're you're missing some boxes to check. And then BlackRock quickly responded. Uh, so it's just interesting how you know the big players play by different rules than everybody else. Uh, but what do you expect in fiat world? Anyways, Opti, what's your take? And then we'll move we'll move on to Skidoo. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's pretty incredible the change of tone that we're hearing in regards to Bitcoin from uh, the corporate press in the last couple of days. Well, actually, probably weeks now. Um, but, you know, I'm not surprised. It's something we talk about all the time here is you fund Bitcoin, you pack your bags, and then you endorse Bitcoin so that you can also make money. But, um, you know, the meme of institutions are coming to Bitcoin. I think I've heard it ever since I've been in Bitcoin. And um, I think it's one of these uh, moments to remember the importance of spreading the best practices of Bitcoin, which is, you know, self-custodying your Bitcoin, buying spot Bitcoin and not an ETF and taking Bitcoin off in exchange because Bitcoin is the real Occupy Wall Street. And um, don't trust third-party custodies. But obviously, Bitcoin's incentives are winning and people on Wall Street like making money. And now the floodgates are opening up into Bitcoin and we'll see these big institutions starting to get exposure to Bitcoin. So on the one hand, my paranoid Bitcoin tinfoil hat is on and I'm wondering whether, you know, they sell a lot of Bitcoin or paper Bitcoin and the market just gets absolutely co-opted and wrecked. But if Bitcoin can't handle Wall Street, like what are we doing here? And uh, I think Bitcoiners should applaud this, but not Mm. number go up sense, more of in the let's test Bitcoin decentralization sense. And so everyone out there should be running nodes, taking Bitcoin in self-custody, not leaving Bitcoin on exchanges. Because, again, if Bitcoin can't handle the inevitable wave of institutional money coming into Bitcoin and it gets co-opted, then like, what the hell are we really doing here? And we know that this is going to happen. And I can already hear the jaded Bitcoiners out there like, uh, you guys are, you know, number go up maxis at all costs. But it's like, this was inevitable. Bitcoin is the high powered financial instrument of the digital world. And of course, people that uh, like making money are going to look at Bitcoin to make more money. Profits are good. We are capitalists. We're free market capitalists here after all. And um, if the biggest institutions in the world, the biggest money managers in the world can co-op Bitcoin than it was what we thought it was. So I think it's important to keep your head on a swivel, but also, um, I don't know. I'm just not afraid. I'm just like, yo, like pump our bags and uh, don't get caught in the auto buyout zone because they want your Bitcoin and it's becoming more and more obvious that they want it. Exactly. If, if you are selling your Bitcoin at this moment, there's a high probability you are selling it 
to Larry Fink himself. Anyways, guys, help support the show. Help push the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. Help us get to 100 likes. All you got to do is smash the like button if you're enjoying the show. Smash it, smash it, smash it. We broke 100 likes during the live show yesterday. Help us break 100 likes today during the live show. Anyways, Skidoo, what are your thoughts on all this, man? Tell us, tell us, uh, tell us the Bitcoiners' perspective. Are you skeptical of what's going on? The wolf yes. is in the hen house. The Abs- wolf is absolutely. definitely in the hen house. Absolutely skeptical. I mean, yeah, and I don't want to be jaded at all, you know. So I, I'm kind of I'm I'm schizophrenic or skeptical all over the place because, like, you know, I want Bitcoin to be an- anti-fragile. It's money for it's money for our friends, money for our enemies. You know, kind of like uh, supporting freedom and freedom of speech for everybody, including like the clan, as long as it's not violence. Like, yeah go you know i want to see and i want to see it work in world adoption but i don't know what i don't know we don't know we don't know as the as the quote goes um and i certainly dude i'm just a blue collar guy i don't understand anything about the financial markets what can be done in terms of manipulation and takeover i mean i know the protocol is not going to be taken over but that doesn't mean that there's not just some kind of gravitational pull with you know paper bitcoin or all kinds of things so yeah, I'm hopeful and skeptical as dookie. Got to remember I'm on YouTube. Skeptical as donkey dookie. Um, but, you know, also I want to say real quick, the more things change, the more they stay the same in terms of like the, the dialogue change that's going on. So I was just on uh, Cafe Bitcoin earlier today and I was letting them know that I remember sitting listening to NPR in 14 or 15 and I, I dookie you not on the same day the first, the first story of the morning was how Bitcoin is used for prostitution, assassination, money laundering, corporate, uh, 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 third world country corruption, terrorism, all the things. Four hours later, they said that, Con- that Congress has accepted Bitcoin as a campaign donation. Yeah, same I mean, day, on the same news station, the same yeah, news station. It, it's you know? clearly moving the goalpost, and like to, to, to add to your points, could do right. It's the change in tune, all obviously from the legacy corporate media. Now they're being a little bit more pro Bitcoin, right? Yeah. You're having those types of conversations on CNBC, basically saying, "When is this thing going to get approved?" Actually, Bitcoin is a good thing. What yeah. about you know, if you live in a developing country and you don't have a stable currency, what about them? What what you know, what's Bitcoin for the over? there, you know, and, and kind of Nassim Taleb being corrected by the CNNBC anchors themselves, you can clearly you can clearly tell that the establishment or at least Wall Street is really warming up to this thing. And again, why is that the case? That's because Bitcoin's incentives stay winning. They're completely irresistible. Um, and I think that's why uh, we're going to rule the day. And anyways, at, at the end of the day, and I think Mer- American Hoddle said this in a tweet and it really stuck with me, right? You're going to have to be OK with your worst enemy by Bitcoin, right? So eventually, you know, it's right now it's starting with BlackRock. Uh, Next, it's going to be central banks and uh, these central banks have a money printer and they're going to be using that money printer to buy a crap ton of Bitcoin. So are you going to be selling your Bitcoin to these central banks when uh, Bitcoin's trading at a million dollars a coin? Right. That's the question you got to ask yourself. Right. You know, Bitcoin is for everybody. And that includes your your worst enemy. Um, Well, yeah, absolutely. And and our biggest concern right now, I, I think I speak for a lot of the Bitcoiners that are in this pool at this point is as it hits mainstream adoption, is it, what's the quote, Opti says it a lot, uh, not, you know, for me, not for thee or something, you know, it's like, yes, it will move into mainstream adoption, corporate adoption, central bank adoption, but on the other side, at the same time, will they be making it illegal unless it's KYC, you know, all these other factors so that it becomes both easier for the average person to use it under the conditions they want it and much more difficult for sovereign beings to use it in the way they want to use it so a hundred percent one hundred percent i completely agree with that anyways ladies and gentlemen we are going to go into the news we got a lot to talk about today a lot of breaking news uh on the institutional front let's check it out let's do this the daily news the daily news is brought to you by blockstream jade Built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of Bitcoin. 
Check out the brand new limited edition color, the transparent green jade. Blockstream Jade houses a full color camera, allowing for fully air gap Bitcoin transactions, scan and display QR codes directly on the device, assign transactions and verify addresses with ease. Use your Blockstream Jade with your favorite wallet software, such as Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum, Sparrow. Get yourself a Blockstream Jade today and take self-custody of your Bitcoin. All right, guys, Orange Pill is building the social layer for Bitcoin. As crazy as this sounds, without the people, Bitcoin is just ones and zeros. Bitcoin is the people. Bitcoin is you, it's me, it's Opti, it's Satoshi, it's Skidoo. Download the Orange Pill app for iOS or Android. Connect with other Bitcoiners in real life today. Find other Bitcoiners that live near you, and you can even go into the app totally anon and search for other Bitcoiners by common interest. Orange Pill app is also the world's biggest repository for Bitcoin-only events. If you want to meet other Bitcoiners in real life, this is the app for you sign up through the app store and you can even pay in sats and of course opti and i appreciate all the messages that we're getting through the orange pill app and we do try to take the time to go through each and every one of them anyways the breaking news for today vanguard now owns 560 million dollars worth of bitcoin mining stocks for anyone who doesn't know who vanguard is they are the second largest uh 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 company that has assets under management. They have 7.2 trillion US dollars. That's behind BlackRock's 8.5 trillion US dollars. That's trillion with a T. That's behind Fidelity that has 4.5 trillion. And that's uh, and then also Charles Schwab is in there with 7.13 trillion. And what's interesting about these four companies that I just told you, just talked to you about, is that they are all somehow involved in Bitcoin. Fidelity and Charles Schwab are part partnering to launch a Bitcoin exchange. BlackRock wants to offer a spot Bitcoin ETF. And of course, Fidelity does so as well. And uh, and now Vanguard wants uh, or wants exposure, bought exposure to Bitcoin. So it clearly tells me that uh, you have trillions of dollars uh, going into the space uh, or, or, you know, potentially. Uh, this is absolutely crazy. I, I think this is the the you know this is the this is the narrative uh, that uh, that you know Bitcoiners have been talking about literally for the last three, four, five years. But as Bitcoiners, I think uh, you know it, it's cool, great. It will pump our bags. But Bitcoin is for the average everyday individual. It is for the everyday man. It is for the person, uh, the person that doesn't have necessarily you know the the means to save in assets. They don't have the means. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Bitcoin is for you. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, it's like, okay, whoop-de-doo, you know, the price definitely, I think, will go up uh, with, you know, this tremendous amount of money potentially going into Bitcoin. But at the same time, you know, get in there before they do. That that's that would be my message. So anyways, let me read a bit of this article from Decrypt. Vanguard now owns $560 million worth of Bitcoin mining stocks. Asset manager Vanguard Group has upped its exposure to Bitcoin mining companies. Monday filings with the, US, with the SEC show increasing its stake in the industry to over half a billion dollars. The financial industry heavyweight, which manages $7.2 trillion in assets, bought more stock from Riot and Marathon. According to documents, a Vanguard group upped its Marathon holdings by 60% from 10.9 million shares to 17.5 million. Marathon Digital, which trades on the NASDAQ under under the ticker Mara is currently trading for $16.3 per share, meaning Vanguard's investment stands at $280 million in shares. The investment company also increased its stake in Colorado-based Bitcoin miner Riot blockchain by nearly 18% from 15.2 from 15 million shares to 17.9 million, over 281 million in stock. They now own roughly 10% of Riot. This brings Vanguard total investment in Bitcoin miners to $560 million. That's roughly half a billion. But for them, I feel like that's just a drop in the bucket. Anyways, it goes on to say Riot blockchain trades on NASDAQ as Riot and is the biggest crypto miner in the States. It's current its stock currently trading for $15 per share. Just two years ago, Vanguard Group said on its website that the long-term investment case of cryptocurrencies is weak. Now it is Marathon's Marathon Digital's largest shareholder. Did you hear that? 
I'll say it again. Just two years ago, Vanguard said on its website that the long-term investment case of cryptocurrencies, they're talking about cryptocurrencies, but we're talking about Bitcoin in this particular case because they're buying Bitcoin miner stock. They're not buying cryptocurrency miner stock, um, is quote unquote weak. Now it is Marathon's digital largest shareholder. This is mirroring exactly what happened with Larry Fink as well. He was talking shit about Bitcoin uh, roughly, you know, uh, roughly about 2018, I think was the screenshot of the article that I saw. And then uh, fast forward a couple years later, as NGU technology does its thing, as the incentives of Bitcoin stay winning, you know, everyone, you know, eventually bows down to the king. And of course, the, the king is Bitcoin. And that includes two of the largest asset managers in the world, BlackRock and Vanguard, have now conceded. Bitcoin. Anyways, institutional interest in the cryptocurrency world, particularly Bitcoin, the largest digital asset by market, seems to be growing. Last week, uh, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink said Bitcoin was an, quote, international asset. BlackRock is the world's largest asset manager with $9.5 trillion worth of assets under management last and last month applied to the SEC for a spot Bitcoin traded ETF. Right. We we talked to you guys about that when it, when, it, when the news broke. Uh, we talked to you guys about uh, BlackRock filing for uh, for an ETF. We talked to you guys about Fidelity as well. Uh, you know, they 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 kind of followed suit. Uh, but most importantly, let me pull up uh, MicroStrategy. So MicroStrategy is a public company, and you can see who owns MicroStrategy stock currently. MicroStrategy is basically functioning like a. Uh, in my opinion, and I'll let you, I'll pull up the charts for, you know, if, if you guys are audio listeners, I'll, I'll try to describe it. To me, it looks like it's following Bitcoin's price very, very closely. So here's Bitcoin price, Bitcoin USD, and here is the MicroStrategy stock. It seems very, very, very similar. So let's take a look at who currently owns MicroStrategy stock, which is really, really just, I wouldn't call it, it's technically not a Bitcoin ETF but it sure follows the price of Bitcoin very, very closely. And well, obvious, that's the reason for that is obvious. It's because they own like 152,000 Bitcoin. Uh, so no shit, Sherlock, in that, in that situation. So let's take a look at the top 10 owners of MicroStrategy. So you have Vanguard in there, you have Fidelity, you have BlackRock, you have Morgan Stanley, uh, so you have a lot of huge institutions, uh, uh, everyday institutions that everyone knows by name. And if you take a look at some of these increases, uh, specifically for Fidelity, Fidelity increased its position recently by 668%. So I think all these institutions see the writing on the wall. They see the inevitable wall Damn. of Bitcoin coming and they want to jump on the train. And for you, the Bitcoiner. Do you want to get stuck buying Bitcoin from BlackRock if they are if they're going to sell it to you or do you want to buy Bitcoin before BlackRock and then worst right now if you are selling Bitcoin there's a high probability a very high probability because there's not that much Bitcoin to go around that you are selling it directly to them. You are selling it directly to BlackRock. You're selling it directly to Fidelity. Do you want to be that person? Do you want to have to explain to your grand grandchildren that you sold your generational wealth to Larry Fink? Do you don't want to have that conversation? And that's exactly why you want to buy Bitcoin and you want to put your Bitcoin in cold storage and you want to do it properly. You don't want to back up your generational Bitcoin wealth on paper. You want to back it up on steel. And that's why you got you get yourself the bit plates. Domino, it's easy to use, hard to destroy. It's designed to preserve Bitcoin wallet backup seed words and passphrases made from highly corrosion resistant 316 marine grade stainless steel. And it offers the ultimate protection against extremes of temperatures. You can use the promo code Simply to get 10% off bitplates.com. Don't back up your generational wealth on paper. Back it up on steel so that you don't lose it. Because I feel like I, I don't know what's worse. Losing. Oh, my OBS went bananas. There we go. I don't know what's worse. Losing your uh, losing your Bitcoin or selling it to BlackRock. Uh, I think we should run a poll. I'm going to I'm going to set up the poll while we get Opti's take. Opti, what are your thoughts on all this, brother? Well, uh, I think it's becoming very clear, and we've been saying this for weeks now, that institution, institutional money and uh, you know the asset managers of the world are already in Bitcoin. They've 
have to have been lurking to get the information so that they understand exactly what they're investing in because they can't really just make a willy-nilly investment without understanding what the hell they're doing. But um, if I heard this correctly, Nico, uh, Vanguard owns a significant portion of Riot and Marathon Mining. Uh, that is super interesting, not only on the exposure side of it and obviously bullish AF in some respects, but it also makes me a bit concerned because remember the article we covered by the IMF about uh, them potentially squeezing Bitcoin mining companies? And uh, I don't know, you know, connecting some of these dots, it's uh, again, paranoid Bitcoiner here. It just makes me wonder what is going on out there. And I think the importance of at-home miners and yeah. all you guys out there that, that are still trying to develop your mining rigs at home and making sure that the network does stay decentralized. Obviously, all of the hash power isn't in the U.S. and they could try to pull some shenanigans. But Bitcoin miners, in my opinion, will be able to withstand some more uh, chicanery, as we've seen from 2017. So I don't know. I, again, just like trying not to get too stupidly bullish in regards to number go up because we know that number go, will go up, but also again, just trying to stay or keeping our heads on a swivel and understanding the whole dynamics of everything going on. Because look again, we all know number will go up. We all know institutional money is going to flood into Bitcoin. But again, it's, it's back to the idea, like will Bitcoin be able to withstand the the institutions coming in will bitcoin remain as decentralized as we know it or rather is bitcoin decentralized enough already to withstand all of the pressures that we are starting to see from regulations from institutions from you know governments and private citizens around the world so it's uh it's becoming a very interesting time to be a bitcoiner again i think it's the safest time to be a bitcoiner but also, um, you know, we're, we're starting to head into the final final boss battle. And uh, I'm just excited to watch it. Guys, we are sitting at 110 likes. Smash that like button. Help us get to 150 likes. Help us push the orange signal. Anyways, Skidoo, what are your thoughts on this, brother? Well, nothing sophisticated to shed light on. Same thing. Super suspicious. But um, I guess I guess my my initial reaction is just like I get a little sad that the everyday person you know we all know we walk around we talk to people and there's so few people who know about it who understand it who hold some bitcoin and uh, i talk to i'm blue in the face with people and they just they just don't respond and uh so although i'm psyched that it's moving towards it's moving towards larger adoption. I don't love the corporate, but like we already said it earlier, that's, that's inevitable. But it just bums me out to think of all of the everyday people around the world that may get left behind as the price goes up. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know what else to say about it right there. You know, I, I wish people would wake up now. Jump on board. Damn. Jump on board. Don't Come sell on. your don't sell your Bitcoin to BlackRock. Don't have you don't want to put yourself in that position where you have to explain to your grandchildren what you did. Right. <laughs> stay humble, stack sats, stay solvent, and put your Bitcoin into cold storage. That's what you got to do. And if you don't know the wallets, Opti's about to read them. Opti, why don't you go through the ethical Bitcoin hardware and software uh, wallets? Why don't you? Why don't we go down the, the, the uh, list and, and give a list? But off the top and, of my and head, give, give a tip to Beauty on because Beauty on is, is right. It's not only enough identifying the problem, but we gotta we gotta present the people a solution. Yeah, so off the top of my head, on a desktop, we have Electrum, Bitcoin Core, Sparrow, Spectre. On your mobile phone, uh, we have Blue Wallet, Green Wallet, Breeze Wallet, Phoenix Wallet. Uh, Moon. Yeah, we have Nunchuck. Moon, Electrum. Moon. Uh, we have and hardware wallets. We have uh, Jade, one of our sponsors. We have Seed Signer. We have Cold Card, Passport. Um, Bitbox. Trezor. Nico likes Trezor. <laughs> uh, that's what, 15 already, guys. There's Boom. options Boom. out there. There's Boom. a lot of options. And, if you and, guys again, and again, I'm not the arbiter of the best Bitcoin wallets. Try them for yourselves and then recommend them to your friends and family. It, it's all about trying them. And there's obviously trade-offs on all of them. And people need to take them steps for themselves.
100%. And if you guys have any doubts on how to take self-custody, there's plenty of guides out there. Obviously, we recommend our homie, BTC Sessions. You can literally look up. He has a video called How to Take Self-Custody of Your Bitcoin. So at this point, you have absolutely no excuse. It is a lot harder to send a wire and open a bank account than it is to write down 12 fucking words. Anyways, everybody, let's move on to the culture. We got a lot to talk about. Let's check it out. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by swanbitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit swanbitcoin.com. All right, guys, I want to tell you about the largest Bitcoin festival on the West Coast, the Pacific Bitcoin Festival. It's not going to be a conference this year. It's going to be a festival. It is October 5th through the 6th, 2023 in Los Angeles, California, sunny, sunny, sunny LA. California has some of the best weather. It is literally hosted in an airplane hangar. There is nothing else like it. I, it was one of my favorite Bitcoin festivals or Bitcoin conferences of the year last year. I highly, highly recommend it. The Swan team does a great job throwing these celebrations. Featured speakers now include Lynn Alden, Greg Foss, Alex Gladstein, Preston Pish, and Corey Clipson. Many, many more to be announced. You can take advantage of the promo code simply to get yourself a major discount, a 20% discount to the Pacific Bitcoin Festival in Los Angeles, California. Anyways, Opti, it's all yours, my friend. What are you going to talk about today? Let's go. All right. Well, like... Uh like I told you in the beginning and like everyone loves to hear about rabbit hole stories. So 23 Skidoo always hangs out with us on Twitter spaces. And uh, let's just start at the beginning. Why are you a Bitcoiner and how did you get into Bitcoin? Woo. Uh, like, like the other guy being interviewed yesterday, you know, big question. We could go on forever. We could talk all day. Um, well, I'm a freedom maximalist. Uh, previously self-identified as an anarchist, you might say. <laughs> and I say that jokingly because in this great flippening we've had during 2020, uh, all, all the kind of anarchists that I used to know about, man, they have, they've all become rather kind of fascist, statist, uh, freaky people that I don't like at all. You know, and I'm not talking about ANCAPs. I'm talking about the old school. Um, but anyway, so I've, I've always been that, you know, I had a, I had an epiphany when I was punk rocker in the early eighties, like 15 years old, sitting on a hill, smoking a joint with a friend in the suburbs of Minneapolis. And, uh, it was, it was like a lightning bolt epiphany. Um, I was like this, this whole thing is a house of cards and it's coming down. It's not, it's not going to last. It's not sustainable. It was just, a, I don't know. I don't, I want to go too like too over the top with it but it was a heavy hit it was a heavy hit for me and it really has been the guiding the guiding light the guiding message of my life because that sense that everything is going down caused me to decide to go to vocational school for carpentry that caused me it just wanted me to go into learning how to do things and it's interesting now that we're all in this bitcoin world proof of work comes to mind like that became my hardcore thing i need to know how to bring value to the world sustainability to my community to people around me so that that whole world started with me really early as i said i was already kind of an anarchist a very much a sovereign individual and uh so skip ahead like 20 2011 12 or something i don't know for sure but i'm hearing things on the news about the dark web i'm hearing things about uh dread pirate roberts and i'm just like getting so overjoyed what is this what's this story what's uh bitcoin and uh so i started following it there and then i gotta give creds to a podcaster jack spearco of the survival podcast he's like one of the longest running podcasters out there he was doing a podcast out of his car in like 20, 2009 or something, 2010. So he started talking about Bitcoin, too, as a as an ANCAP. And I don't know where I would have gone with it on my own for sure. I definitely was interested. I definitely was paying attention. But I'm a bit of a Luddite and I'm a bit of an analog person, hands-on. So I'm not prone towards computer stuff, Bitcoin. But hearing this guy talk about it really got me fired up. 
And so I started looking into it and I guess somewhere in the 2014, I made a move, got into the local Bitcoins thing online, found someone where I was at the time in Burlington, Vermont, and uh, purchased my first Bitcoin. Um, and then, which there's an incidental story in that that's kind of funny, is I actually had two of my three kids with me at the time, probably about mm, 10 and 10 and 8 or something like that. Uh, I'm not doing the math on the years they were born, but uh, they're going to go down in history. You know, as this moves towards adoption, my kids are going to be able to say, damn, in like 2013, 14, I was with my dad when he bought some first Bitcoin on local Bitcoins. Like, that's really cool. So side note. But uh, and then in 2000, summer of 2015, since I was in Vermont, I heard about Porkfest, which is an ANCAP kind of gathering in New Hampshire. And I went to Porkfest and uh, there's a lot of vendors doing things, a lot of people teaching stuff about Bitcoin. Everything at Porkfest is exchanged via Bitcoin. And uh, being the analog blue collar dude I am, I brought my forge and I was there forging uh, artworks and little handles that snap onto ball jars and uh, selling them for Bitcoin. And during that two day festival, I made an entire Bitcoin forging hot metal and uh, hung out, heard, uh, um, what's his name? I'm blanking, Dread Pirate Roberts. His mom and his lawyer and people there were speaking because he had just recently been sentenced to prison. So I heard them give combos. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. So I made a whole Bitcoin then and uh, hung on to it for a while. And then I have maybe an embarrassing aspect, maybe not embarrassing. I'm not really embarrassed because we all have done this. The, I held my Bitcoin all the way until the rise in 1819. But I have to say that the only reason that I probably held on to it, if I'm honest with myself, is that uh, somewhere when it started going up, my son called me up and he's like, hey, man, have you checked out the price of Bitcoin? That was probably like 20, uh, early 17 or something like that. And I was like, I looked at it, you know, it was whatever, 7,000 or something. And it's like, holy hell. And I probably would have sold it right then. But actually, my password of the wallet that I created at Porkfest didn't work and so i started offering both of my kids and later a partner romantic partner uh some bitcoin if they break my code because i understood my code i had written it in this past book but i wrote it in a you know in a secret way so if someone picked it up they wouldn't understand what it was so i understood what i was trying to write there but it wasn't working as the price went up you know we hit that like december or something 2017 and it was like 18,000, 19,000. And I was offering like 2K, you know, to my kids to break it. And actually my partner at the time, knowing how I use my passcodes, because we were living together, she actually figured out I had a two layer passcode and that she just broke it in half and only used the first half. And the wallet opened up right as the Bitcoin price started like skyrocketing down. Uh, so you know, at that time in the Bitcoin history, at least for me anyway, I was listening to stuff about Bitcoin, but I wasn't hearing the conversations that I started hearing in 2020. I wasn't, I wasn't learning. I wasn't going down the rabbit hole. It was just anarchist funny money, decentralized, sovereign funny money. And so I just thought it was a crazy fluke that it went up to that kind of price. Being just a blue collar guy who always needs some money, of course, I sold it. Um, which is awesome. It funded my land that I now live on. It funded my house that I now own free and clear, no banks, no slavery. Uh, that's awesome. And then in 2020, I started looking at Bitcoin again and I started listening to the, what Bitcoin did in that whole series. And I was just absolutely effing blown away, like literally just pausing podcasts because, you know, I was super into it and I liked it a lot and intuitively understood this potential, but I hadn't really been thinking about the greater world and what money was and where it could go and how it could really be a revolution. And uh, so I just started pouring in, pouring in since 2020. And uh, man, it is, it is 
Bitcoin, when I had that awakening in 2020 to what it was really deeply about, what its potential was, I was like, dude, this is like everything, everything that I was about. It actually taught me a lot about my own freedom maximalism, my own identifying as an anarchist. It answered a lot of questions for me, right? Um, because I actually used to have a lot of conflict with anarchists back in the day because they were more, this is all in hindsight, I didn't understand it then, but they were more in that like socialist like mindset, everything should be equal, we should all share. And I didn't realize that I was in that more sovereign individual kind of ANCAP kind of, I'm not just using labels to explain things because I used to have con why you know if i start a construction company and i make some good money why does everybody get paid the same you're working for me i started the company i took the risk i did the diligence to learn and study and work hard and get the jobs and get the insurance why do you deserve it and my friends would be like oh you're such a fucking pardon my language you're such an effing capitalist you know and i'd be like what do you mean i'm a capitalist i'm an anarchist but i I think I should be rewarded for my hard work, you know? So Bitcoin taught me about that. Proof of work taught me about you, you, you deserve the price you get, at, you know, as a proverbial metaphor. So I don't know. Shoot me some questions. That's what I got for you so far. I love that. I love that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we are 14 likes away from breaking 150 likes on the live stream. Smash that like button if you're enjoying the show. Anyways, Opti. Uh, yeah, I, well, dude, I, I, I mean, I love, you know, I freaking love bringing on Bitcoiners onto the show because everyone has, you know, all roads lead to the same pillar of truth, the same pillar, which is Bitcoin. But everyone takes a different journey. Everyone takes a different yep. road. Uh, there, there's, there's no way to come to this epiphany. Obviously, you had your way of coming to an epiphany. And uh, I, I absolutely I love that. And I appreciate that. But it's just, you know, it, it's so fascinating to me how people from all walks of life, you know, different belief systems, different cultures, uh, you know, different religions, uh, you know, uh, different ethnicities, you know, they, they all find this common denominator and this common denominator is Bitcoin. Right. And it's just absolutely beautiful to see. And uh, this is why we do the culture segment to to highlight all these different stories. Uh, anyways, Opti, uh, what's your take, man? Uh, another inspirational Bitcoin story. Yeah, so every single day, dude, I literally it doesn't matter who we bring on the show. Every single time I get hyped when I hear these new stories. Yeah. So there's a there's a few things and a, and a few different threads we can jump on. First thing, I just want to touch on uh, one of the things you said, Skidoo. Guys, don't overcomplicate your uh, cold storage because you do not want to lock yourself out of your seed phrase, out of your control of your Bitcoin. And someone said in the chat, like the most successful uh, OG hodlers are probably those that can't touch their Bitcoin. But uh, there was a thread there that I, that I I truly felt with my with my own personal life. And it's kind of the idea of like being blackpilled before Bitcoin, like just having such a pessimistic view of the world before Bitcoin and just not understanding what is going on in the world. And then you find Bitcoin, you're like, oh, my God, there's a whole new lease on life. And uh, it seems like you had kind of a very similar story, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I was a freedom maximalist. I was hardcore freedom maximalist and agorist before I knew of the term, all those things, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my father, even even though he wasn't as like radical and out there as me, you know, he shed some light on that. He was very he dropped out of the mainstream building world, became a, a permaculture uh, straw bell home builder. So back when I was 12 or something like that, like we were going to the co-op, my dad was prepping in a sense before there was prepping because he was like, none of this shit's going to last. You know, none of this is going to last. It's a house of cards won't work you know you get, we need to have resilient systems you know he pounded that into me in a, in a in a good way resilient systems strong systems anti-fragile systems so i was raised a bit in that talk and uh so it took nothing like there was no convincing with bitcoin i just needed to understand it deeper beautiful beautiful love it okay and last uh last topic because i kind of hear this a lot with people as well and i also come from a blue collar family but it's the idea of just being a blue collar bitcoiner saving and stacking in bitcoin and i love that you touched on uh and kind of trolled yourself of calling yourself a luddite so to the blue collar luddites out yep. there what would be your message and how do you get them onto bitcoin are you asking me? Yeah. What would be? Okay. Would oh, be you said show? to you said to them. So I yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, 
Well, shit, man. I mean, I would, I would say everything we all say, you know, but the problem is people, people think we're too paranoid when we say it. Like, who controls your money? Is that your money? No, that's an IOU in the bank. Uh, I would talk to them about inflation. I would talk to them about all the things we say. But, yeah, it's hard because I don't want it all to be based on, on dollar go up by any means because I'm here for the revolution. In fact, that whole expression, I came for, I came for the uh, money go up and I stayed for the revolution. I actually came for, for the revolution and realized that money might go up. So, <laughs> so I don't know, man. I would, just, I would need to talk to people about what goes on in the world and give them examples and say, look, you know. If you just put a little bit away, uh, it's not gonna—it's not gonna go to zero. So in the end, it's not gonna hurt you. You can always sell it if we're wrong. If I'm wrong, it's not gonna go to zero. So put away what you can afford to put away. Put away what you do not need to get back. That's the important part. It's nothing genius. Everybody says it, but that's the important part, right? Because you can't leverage it. Because then you're gonna—you know—blue collar. You're gonna something's gonna happen. Your transmission's gonna break or something like that. Uh, so. I would just say put some away and just sit on it, man. You know, you don't have any other financial <laughs> hopes, if you want to be honest. For someone that's really blue collar, you know, it's like you probably don't have a lot of other financial hopes to be in a lot better position. Uh, so just put some away, man, and sit on it and see where it goes. And I would, I would show them the numbers and show how it's gone up on average, you know, since, since 2009. It's gone up. So, yeah. I mean, there's so much I could say, but it depends on each person, right? Because I could come in, I could come in swinging, I could come in as a freedom maximalist, but it freaks people out, you know, depending on how you, <laughs> how, you how you say things, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, man, another inspiring cult, another inspiring story on the culture segment. Uh, Skidoo, thank you so much for you for sharing it. sharing that with us and uh, telling us your perspective and your journey down the rabbit hole and your journey to the pillar of truth, which I call Bitcoin. Everyone takes a different angle, but they all reach the same destination. Anyways, everybody, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the meme review. We got a lot of memes to review. Let's check it out. The Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by Kaboomrax. I get this question all the time. Nico, where should I buy Bitcoin miners? The answer is Kaboomrax. It's the best place to buy Bitcoin miners. That's where you're going to find the best deals and the best prices. Start your mining utopia today. To check out their racks, you got to go to t.me slash Kaboomrax. Join their Telegram group and start your mining journey today. Kaboomrax. Kaboom. Kaboom. <laughs> All right, guys, this is the meme review where you guys tag us in memes on Twitter or I find them on my timeline or you drop them in our Telegram group, t.me slash SimplyBitcoin, I believe, or is it Simply Bitcoin TV? I forget. Anyways, memes. What's it? What do we say? Tweets are the bullets, memes are the artillery. We are in an information war. Continue to get the calls of actions out there. Continue to ridicule the corporate press. Continue to make the funnies to keep your friends' heads in the game because uh, – it, it, it gets a little dark out there if you're not surrounded by Bitcoiners. Anyways, this first meme is by Jan Wustenfeld. Forgive me if I butchered your name. And uh, this is kind of because of yesterday's numbers where Chrissy Lagarde was saying that, hey, it's your money. My, my signature's on it, but it's your money. Vote on what color the dollar should be. And uh, he goes... Are the peasants not happy about high prices? No problem for Madame Lagarde. She has the solution. And it's a picture here of Mary Antoinette with Christine Lagarde's face on it. And it goes, the peasants <laughs> are complaining about high prices. Let them vote on the color of the euro bill. Yes, yes. Okay, this next one is by the BTC therapist. And he goes, you never sell your Bitcoin. And we got a picture here of Nassim Taleb holding some sand and letting it go through his hands, I think. And he's pissed off. And he goes, when you sold your Bitcoin and now you have to live a life of regret and you have Bitcoin derangement syndrome and all you can do is hate on Bitcoiners. Okay, this next one is by RD underscore BTC, one of our buddies, and he goes, Satoshi said, let there be Bitcoin and there was Bitcoin and uh, we got a picture here of uh, like a Jesus working his desk job and he's got Dorian Nakamoto's face on it and he's looking at the Bitcoin white paper and he goes, banks will control the world by controlling the money and Satoshi goes, no. Let there be Bitcoin, and there was Bitcoin. Nice. Okay, this next one is by Maxi's Club, and it goes 453, Orange Energy. 
And we got a, a Pepe on the Fiat standard. And it's got zero energy because life is just draining them away. And they're stuck in the Fiat matrix and the rat race. And they have no hope and no purpose for the future because they can't save for anything. And life sucks. And then we got a Bitcoiner down here with 100% charged batteries. Because once you live on the Bitcoin standard, you get a new lease on life. And life is so much better because you are not just stuck in the fiat matrix and the rat race because your number goes up and your purchasing power increases over time. Beautiful. Okay, this next one nice. is by our friend at Satoshi Dennis on Twitter, and he goes, just initiated two $58 transactions at once, sat fees, and we got the, I, I don't even know what you call this guy, but he is floating, and he's elated. Mr. Manhattan. What is it? Mr. Manhattan. Mr. Manhattan. There you go. Uh, and he is just titled one sat fee go fuck yourself and we got the wizards down here it will never clear the mempool will never clear well it looks like the mempool has cleared and we're getting one sat fees again absolutely beautiful okay this next meme is by thomas farrer he's been killing it lately and he goes good luck on your travels down the bitcoin rabbit hole and we got a uh, picture here of what looks like uh you know your apple maps or google maps here and you're on the road here and your first destination can be trading crypto and you lose five years or you can gain five years and move down the path quicker by DCAing Bitcoin on the road to success. Do not get sidetracked by the shitcoinery. Just dollar cost average Bitcoin or do what I do and smash by and capitulate your fiat instantly. This is the way. Okay. <laughs> okay this next one is by vivic for real underscore on twitter and it goes which one is a ponzi scheme nice. and it's just a question which one is a ponzi scheme and we have the fiat what are you what are you doing over? we got fiat dollars over here no stop believing okay fiat dollars uh and it goes into y-axis and why yeah y and x-axis it's showing the dollar debt and it goes united states national debt and uh, it's going absolutely parabolic. And you are here at the very tip top of it because they are printing trillions and trillions and trillions. And they are now, I think, in 32.4 trillion dollars of debt. And it says for the dollar centrally controlled, not backed by anything and an unlimited supply. So which one is a Ponzi when there is a Bitcoin down here? Total supply of 21 million. No one controls it. It's backed by energy and it's a fixed supply. And you are here What's it? What's the numbers? 92% of all Bitcoins ever to be issued. Which one's the Ponzi, guys? Ponzi Safu. <laughs> <laughs> Drop your meme review score in the chat, in the chat, in the chat. In, in the chat, in the chat. Anyways, uh, I also want to give a, uh, a, I want to, I want to read the poll. I'm going to end it right now. I just ended the poll. Let's go through the results. <laughs> are uh losing your seeds to to your bitcoin uh, had 35 percent uh selling your bitcoin to blackrock had 33 percent and dating chrissy lagarde was 30 percent so apparently in the eyes of the public losing your bitcoin seed is worse than the other two options so i want to give a <laughs> shout out to that and uh my meme review score for today is Magnesium. Oh, some magnesium. It's wow. a good supplement. It's a good supplement. Your girlfriend's yep, got yep, you on yep. some magnesium. I see. I some, see. Ma some magnesium. Some mag. My, magnesium. my score for today. I was gonna use this before uh, Skadoo even mentioned it, but it's fitting that he did mention it in the culture. It's going to be my, uh, you know, mason jar. My ball mason jar that has some very delicious filtered water in it. Love it, love it. Anyway, Skidoo, what would you give those memes? Well, before I forget, I'm going to bring you to Pacific Bitcoin. I'm going to bring you guys some of those forged handles for your ball jars. <laughs> I, might actually, I might actually oh. vend them again and see if I can recreate what I did before. But, hey, my score is probably what I wish for the most on these hot summer days, man. A sit down with Satoshi conversation over gin and tonics. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, I like that. Sophist sophistication. Right. Sophistication. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, let's uh let's go through some of the meme scores from the audience. First one, the P-Man Van. I give the memes my new Jade Wallet, F Ledger. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Igor meme score, the meme pool, the, the meme pool, the meme pool will clear forever. It will clear forever, Laura. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Phil C, I give the memes 10,000 new sats to fix my sat, my smash by withdraws. I love, I love that. Next one by Elaine. Score, new book, or, quote, Orange Pill Stories, How I Found Bitcoin Breaks Amazon Sales Charts. I love All that. Right, I'm really, I can't Bullish. wait to hear Nika try to pronounce this one. Uh, UTXO says, I give the memes a healthy dose of Aristotelian scholasticism. <laughs> Good job, Nico. Good job. Boom. <laughs> uh, Bitcoin for Canadians. Uh, I give them the memes. Larry Fink wanting to eat up all the Bitcoins. Very, very, very good. Next one by Cedor. I rate the meme review. Opti liked my banger Bitcoin meme today and didn't feature it in Simply Bitcoin. Uh, there was some Yet twerking again, on it. Notice there me, was some twerking sensei. on it. I couldn't Notice put it on me. YouTube, but it was a good meme. It was a good meme. <laughs> blame it on me. Don't blame it on Opti. I'm, I'm the villain here. Um, anyways, uh, next one by Clout Casino. I give the memes one more trillion US cuck, cuck fucks added to the national debt over the next month, too. Love that. All right. I think Opti. Oh, oh. Oh, the Fink Fields, when the Fink makes you blush, says John McAfee's member, alive or otherwise. Okay, <laughs> very, Everyone's very saying good that Skadoo looks like John McAfee in the chat. Oh, no shit. <laughs> I didn't even see. I saw his name being mentioned, which he's a trip, but I didn't even see that. Guys, I want to give a shout out to Simply Bitcoin's Telegram group. Uh, it's absolutely free to join. We're almost at a thousand members. Go to t.me slash Simply Bitcoin TV to join it. Shout out to our awesome Darth Mod, Darth Coin, who's holding it down there. And sometimes he throws uh, Simply Bitcoin spaces on the weekend. So join there. You could drop some memes. There's It's a lively conversation. But anyways, I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for joining us on Simply Bitcoin today. Simply Bitcoin is looking for a new member. We are looking for a Twitter new slash growth master. If you're looking to get uh, an opening job into the space is a great opportunity for you. So check it out on Bitcoin or Jobs. Search Simply Bitcoin. The position is there. And uh, currently we are open for applications. Anyway, Skidoo, thank you so much for joining yeah, us on Simply Bitcoin Live today, brother. Yeah. Where can people find you on the interweb? Oh man, I mean I'm on Twitter under 23 Skidoo. Uh I don't I don't do much, man. I really don't do much with the interwebs. I mean I want to, I want to be involved, but I'm just not wired to do computers, man. I do hands-on things all day long, all the time. I ride my mountain bike in the mountains, I camp. So I they can find that. me on Twitter, but uh, I garden, I homestead, all that stuff. So yeah. Fuck yeah. You sound like a you sound like a real fucking Bitcoiner, dude. I, Absolutely, absolutely love that. You and Steven Lubka would get along oh, nice. very, very nice. well. Do you think? Who do you think walks more? Uh, he might walk more. I ride my mountain bike. I just did a thirty-seven mile ride yesterday. I did a seventy-five mile race a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. Oof, oof. Anyways, brother, thank you so much for Blessing. joining us on Simply Bitcoin Live. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the episode, you know what to do. Smash that like button. If you feel like you if, if you feel like we provided you value, consider subscribing. But the number one thing you could do to help push the peaceful Bitcoin revolution is share this content. In fact, share all Bitcoin content. Don't be exclusive. Be inclusive. Don't share shitcoin content. That's counterproductive. Don't shitcoin. It's bad for you. If you want to join the after party, we're holding it down until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're co-hosting a space with our friends over at swan.com. Best place to build your Bitcoin stack. So just go over to the Simply Space. Go over to the Simply handle or the at swan handle and you can see the spaces. Join in there for your opportunity to come on to come on stage. Uh, potentially talk to Skidoo if he's going to join us. And of course, Opti always does an amazing job at holding holding it down but until then guys i will see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of simply bitcoin live tomorrow 12 15 p.m eastern standard time peace out y'all Guys, you already know the deal. This is the Twitter spaces. So come up here, add your two sets to the conversation. I do not want to sit on my soapbox for another 30 minutes. I want some friends up here. Actually, some new voices would be good too. If you're a Bitcoiner, come up here. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Or maybe there's something crazy that happened on Twitter while we were live. Anyways, before going on, uh, shouts out to Skidoo. People really enjoy the rabbit hole stories on the show. So thank you for that, Skidoo. Maybe he'll pop in here if he's got a chance. But we did get a question on uh, this spaces.